Welcome to Fantasy Dukes. I am your host, Shannon. In today's episode, we are going to be joined with the 2021 champion, Clint Friedenberg, Bucks in Six. We are going to uh, interview him and then recap the top players from every position in the Fantasy Dukes League. And then to conclude, we're going to uh, talk about uh, different strategies and what it takes to win. With that, uh, let's go to Clint. Clint, how are you doing tonight? Can't complain. Pretty good. Trophies in the background. I can see it. <laughs> Pretty nice. It's found his nice home. That's good. It made it in one piece, right? It did. <laughs> That's good. There was plenty of bubble wrap. <laughs> I made sure there was plenty of bubble wrap this time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you obviously are the 2021 champion. And uh, you, of course, are Bucks and Six. So let me ask you, first of all, what do you think uh, was maybe some of the best draft picks this year or maybe even from keepers last year that helped you win it all in 2021? Yeah, I mean, when I was going back and actually looked at my draft, like usually in my other leagues, I don't draft very well. <laughs> I kind of break it down draft free agency trades. But I mean, I got the, the linebacker from the Falcons, Ololukon in the second round, and he ended up, I think, second or third in linebackers. Tom Brady, he in the third, he finished, what, second in quarterbacks. Um, and then Andrews, Mark Andrews, I got him in the sixth round, and he was the top tight end this year. So um, those mid-round picks, I mean, Javonta Williams, I got him in the first. He could be good, but, you know, that's kind of a wait and see. And I don't even think my draft from last year was all that good. It was mainly trades last year. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of it was learning the league too, I would think. Yeah. Well, you know, following the text messages you got from me. So <laughs> awesome. All right. So when it came to like some of the moves you had throughout the season, uh, what do you think was one of your maybe your best move or two? Best move had to be Cordell Patterson for $31. Like I think it was September 22nd. So two, three weeks into the season. And he turned out to be crazy for most of the year. He died at the end of the year with his points, but you know, that was, you know, a free 15, 20 points a week. Um, and outside of that, you guys always see, I, I pad my roster with those backup running backs, you know, Devonta Booker came through for me, Alexander Madison. You'll see, if you look at my roster all the time, I will stuff my roster with those running backs just as a free spot. I have to say like the Cordero, Cordero Patterson pickup was, was amazing because I didn't never, never in a million years thought that he would be used like he was used this year. Cause I've had him in leagues years ago and he just wasn't very productive. And now it just, he took off. I, believe me, I picked him up and I was like, well, maybe this is, I'll get a week or two out of him." And then he just kept going and I'm like, mm -hmm. they're, they're throwing it to him and he's getting eight, 10 carries. So I'll just ride that. <laughs> yeah, that was great. How about, um, well, that was a free agent pickup. So uh, let me ask you this now. Um, what, what was your strategy? Did you have a particular strategy? So after last year, you know, when I, when I first joined and I sent you 400 text messages trying to, to figure everything out, my strategy, 
is defense, defense, and then some more defense. I, I traded a lot of my offensive players last year for defensive players. Um, and then I just built it from there. I just, I try to build, especially with it being IDP and so many players of finding a couple pillar guys or Mm -hmm. positions that I'm just going to build off of and then fill in around it. So last year I kind of backed into the playoffs. Like I didn't expect to be good. Um, but then just keeping those core positions and building off of that. And this year, you know, the trades I made towards the end of the year, now I balance into Cordell Patterson, help balanced out to where I have a good offensive side too. Last year, I didn't have barely any offensive players. I was kind of patching it together, but I think a good strategy is just find a position and then snipe the other ones to build it up. Mm-hmm. I think if you have like a good solid position, it eat like it like a good player at each position. It's easier to know who you're going to start as well. Yeah, and mine I bet with the linebackers. You know the four linebackers I kept them. I'll keep them again. You know this year. That's I always look at it. I've I know I've texted a few of you when you talked about trades with me. They basically score as four wide receiver ones, and I just yeah. roll them out every week. And then the rest of it, I don't need to have great wide receivers. I just view my linebackers <laughs> as my great <laughs> wide receivers. <laughs> Um, and then I'll just, just kind of pick from there. Yep. I love it. All right. So let me ask you this, Clint, uh, just so everyone else gets to know how much fantasy football experience do you have? So I'm going to date myself, but this was year 21. Wow. So 2001 was the first year. It was a six, six team league when I was in high school and some friends, uh, put it together and then we tried it for one year, liked it. And then our first year with a trophy, I still had the plaque in the other room, 2003, we went to a 10 team league and we've still go that, that league is still going to this day. (laughs) That's incredible. (laughs) (laughs) I had the old pencil and paper days. Yeah, it was on Yahoo, but it was, they, you could, you know, you set your lineup on Yahoo, but it wasn't live scoring. Okay. So you would have to watch the games and then you would have to pencil and paper and we would text each other like, hey, you know, you have 105 points and I have 100. <laughs> but, you know, those stats get changed, you know, overnight, especially back then. Now the live live stats just update and change every few minutes. So makes it easier for sure. So how about IDP? How much ID experience do you have? I did one year. I think it was 2012. I did an ESPN league with uh some friends I made out in Montana. That's where my wife is from. I did an IDP league on ESPN and it only lasted one year because a couple of the guys that were in that league that we didn't know ended up leaving the truth. And so that league disbanded after one year and I didn't pick it up again until uh, I got your text. (laughs) You know, when I started, I, I tried it once in 2000 and it was all pencil and paper and I, I didn't keep up on it, sadly. And then I got uh, invited to a league back in 2013, I believe. And it was with smartphones. And then I was like, this is amazing because it's real easy to do transactions. And all along, I kept wondering, like, why doesn't anyone play with the defensive guys? And then I researched it. I'm like, it's a thing. And that's when uh, I thought it would be fun to play with IDP. It is. It's just it's hard to get, you know, the guys that we've used um, in my, my Yahoo league. Like half of us would have done IDP but the other half really wouldn't commit to it. So, you know, if you only have half a league that wants to do it, you really 
you lose competitiveness and then it just becomes two people every year that are <laughs> really into it. So, so let me, let me ask you this, this is unscripted. So um, for guys that have never played IDP before, like some of them are scared because they think it's because they've never tried it. They think it's going to take a lot more time and that they won't be competitive. How would you answer that? So a little bit of a side story in 2012 in my Yahoo league, I went like 15 and one and I lost in the first round, but I spent tons of time on fantasy football that year. I thought, you know, my wife wasn't too happy about it. And I lost in the first round and I'm like, there has to be a better way. And since then with smartphones and pay sites or even free sites, if you find a system, you provide it on our, our homepage, where if you can get snap counts where you can just browse through I don't have a spreadsheet, but I a couple guys I follow on Twitter and that will put out for offensive and defensive, like what defenses are doing, linebackers score well against these teams. And you can just glance at it mm-hmm. once or twice a week. Yeah. And then, you know, you if you know your league rules, you know some of the the rosters or the big name players, you can just write down guys, keep track of guys that you are interested in, guys you think are coming up or sliding down. And then it doesn't, it takes a little more time than playing just offense. But I mean, I can go through it and look and be like, okay, this guy, nope. If I see someone on your roster that you're trying to trade, I'm like, I have no interest. So if you text me about him or send me a trade, I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to spend time researching it. Cause I've just, I kind of take a cold analytical approach, which not everyone likes to do, but it saves me time of if I'm not sitting down in my basement for four hours, like typing in names and being like, Oh, what did he do? Can I get a highlight? So if, if you hone in on it and just find a site or two that you can go back and forth from, you can streamline it and just check it a couple times a week and know the players that you like or don't like. Exactly. Like I'll like on Tuesdays, because that's usually, that's the first waiver wire. I'll try to spend at least 10 minutes just doing a little bit of research and I don't have time every day, obviously, to, to research who would be up and coming. But even, I think, just 10 minutes, um, it, it doesn't take a whole lot more time. Everybody knows the offensive players already anyway. So, Yeah. And even if you Google it, like I have a Google search that's saved. I think it's top IDP waiver pickups. And I'll do it every Tuesday afternoon. I think Fantasy Pros always comes up, which is a free mm-hmm. site. They're yeah. not always great. But it lists like 10 or 15, 10 defensive players. And I can just click through and it'll tell you why they have them on the list. Half of them or more are already owned in our league, but you get an idea of why they're looking, why you're looking at someone and you're like, Hey, he hasn't been picked up. How come, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and you can throw in a waiver request for him and you can do research later, but yeah, you know, if you, you throw a few dollars at him and then you add them to your team and you spend the next day, like, oh, well, I actually didn't really need them, but I spent $2 on them. Right. Yeah, I like that. That's awesome. So let me ask you this. Um, what is your favorite NFL team? I know it's weird. I grew up in Wisconsin my whole life, but it is the 49ers. Um, since 94, they won that Super Bowl. It's the second, third Super Bowl I remember. But the Steve Young, Jerry Rice hated Brett Favre because Brett Favre destroyed the 49ers throughout the 90s when I was in school. But Always been a Niners fan, even to this day. We went to the Cincinnati game a few weeks ago in Cincinnati. So 
And they're going to win on they're going to win on Saturday night. But you can delete this out if they lose to the Packers, which they probably will. Be, <laughs> it's going to be a good game. I I think it'll be competitive. Like uh, Packers are expected to win, but it's all it's just on paper. I I think it's going to be a close game actually. I would prefer a blowout either way, so I don't have to stress over it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So now that you're the champion, obviously you have the target on your back for next year. Um, so what are your expectations for 2022 and what is it going to take to beat you? Well, I, uh, the trades I made, I like where I position myself for next year. I mean, injuries certainly could do it, but I think it's probably just going to take a miracle just to beat me. Just, I mean, you know, Dustin, his name is all over this. I played him five times this year. I beat him all five times. So I don't even know why he shows up at first in the rankings, <laughs> but you know, it's all good for Dustin, Ethan, um, you know, in Ethan's podcast, I, I told him I play basketball with him. I'm like, I have a little beef with you, Ethan. You introduced your, you know, 10 years of fantasy football. He started fantasy football in my league. <laughs> he grew up, he, he grew up with us. So he didn't mention that, but you know, Ethan, you know, he made some trades. No, I don't really worry about Ethan, but um, just, I don't know. Injuries always make a change, but I text you. I, I went back and looked. I started off the season two and four and counting the playoffs and the Super Bowl matchups, which I won those matchups each week. So I ended the year 41 and two after that. So just that is maybe, remarkable. Maybe yeah. You started maybe, off maybe I'll have five losses. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, uh, it was funny. Like I played you like right before the playoffs started and Dustin was texting me like, just beat him one time. <laughs> I know. I, I was telling someone, how, how do you go before the playoffs? So at 34 and two, my, I had a 34 and two stretch and I still wasn't first. Yeah. Just I, it hurt my brain. Yeah. Yeah. Dustin had a good season too. Not good or, enough. Not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit short. <laughs> so uh, let me ask you this. Well, um, now that the fantasy season is uh, pretty much over, like we got some NFL playoffs, but what are some things that you like to do in the fantasy offseason? Well, my main love is basketball. Play basketball with some brothers. But I like I go to a bunch of Bucks games, watch a bunch of Bucks games. Um, so that usually keeps me busy. Um, you know, my wife loves it. I cycle from fantasy football to basketball. Fortunately, I don't do fantasy basketball because she would probably kill me, but, um, I like to keep it sports things. I'll do some golfing, things like that. Nice. That's good. Yeah. When the bucks are definitely a uh, good basketball to watch. It is. Yeah. We could go for back-to-back titles. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, why don't we just take a few minutes here and uh, go through some of the top players from the league um, at each position. We'll start off with quarterback. I'll just name off the top 10. So the first in points, we have Josh Allen. And a shout-out to Zach because he's the Josh Allen owner. Uh, then Tom Brady, uh, that's yours. Uh, I'm going from the NFC. So obviously there's an AFC owner as well. But I printed off the NFC. Uh, Justin Herbert was number three, Mahomes, number four, Stafford, number five, Prescott, number six, Rogers, seventh, Joe Burrow, eighth, Jalen Hurts, ninth, and Kirk Cousins, 10th. 
So when you look at those top 10, who do you think is a surprise that made the top 10? I know I had them. I was surprised, especially with the way our the scoring is in our league. I did not expect Tom Brady to be second. I was hoping he would be somewhere around nine or 10. Um, so that kind of surprised me. Uh, but I think, you know, like even Jalen Hurts, he gets a lot of uh, a lot of scuff because he can't really throw the ball much, but he still gets you at quarterback nine. So you can't yeah. really complain if you can get a top 10 quarterback. Exactly. I was Jalen Hurts was the biggest surprise for me as far as being in the top 10 for points. All right, let's go to running back. Do you have the, the top 10 of the running back? Yeah. So Jonathan Taylor led off. Can't be Jonathan Taylor this year. No. Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, James Conner, Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette. You had Alvin Kamara, Antonio Gibson, and then Nick Chubb at 10. All right. So who's the biggest surprise there? For me, it's James Conner. You know, he's a well-known fantasy player over the years with Pittsburgh and that, but, you know, he's never held up. So the injury to, uh, Edmonds. What's his name? Edmonds. Yeah. Yeah. Really helped him, but I didn't think he would get all those touchdowns. Usually Kyler Murray just runs him in. (laughs) Yeah. Well, at the start of the year, Edmonds was the number one back too. And to see him up there, I would have to agree with you. I would have to go with James Conner being the surprise there. Yeah. Free another free points. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think Austin Eckler would be as high either at number two. But. It's funny that I have him. I I don't think I've ever owned him outside of this league in any of my other leagues because I'm always afraid he's going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I traded for him <laughs> at the end of the year. Like, well, we're going to go for it this year. So it turned out. But yeah, that definitely turned out. Well, let's go to wide receiver. Uh, not a surprise at number one. There we have Cooper Cup. Uh, then Debo Samuel, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Cordero Patterson, Tyreek Hill, Hunter Renfro, Stephon Diggs, and Mike Evans. So out of those, who is who are some surprises? I mean, we talked about Patterson. That's probably a shock of all shocks. But, I mean, same with Hunter Renfro. He's mm-hmm. kind of a, a nobody, you know, maybe a top 25 wide receiver mm-hmm. in a normal year. But you just have two guys that just – kind of appear out of nowhere in your top 10 at the beginning of the season. I don't think anyone would have picked either one of those guys to be in the top 10. Yeah. And you know, when I do some of my strategy, some of those guys that fall between the cracks is what I kind of target. You know, if you look at their points, you're not talking a lot, you know, Brandon cooks at 188 compared to Mike Evans at 228. Yeah. That's third. That's you're you're talking less than two points a week in value and you can get Brandon Cooks or some of those lower guys for pretty cheap. Exactly. Which is why I went for Hunter Renfro. <laughs> Low draft capital. I think another one you could almost mention any rookie. So when you see Jamar Chase and Jamar Chase at number five, that's a standout because usually rookie wide receivers don't do nearly as well as what Jamar Chase did. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. All right. Let's go to tight end. Oh, unless you All have right. something else to add. Nope. Okay. Yeah, the wide receivers, they just, you get a lot of the same names, but there was through injury and through some weird things this year, you got five or six guys in that top 10 that you probably wouldn't have penciled in in the beginning. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, tight ends. You start with Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, Dalton Schultz, George Kittle, Kyle Pitts, Dawson Knox, Gronk, Zach Ertz, uh, Hunter Henry, and Dallas Goddard. 
finishes uh -huh. your 10. So uh, as far as a surprise, any surprises? I mean, I know Mark Andrews is good, but mm -hmm. me getting him, I, I did not expect him to be one. <laughs> I was shooting yeah. for that four or five range with him. Yep. Um, so, yeah, he just, I think actually Lamar getting hurt and their defense getting hurt benefited that way. They just had to chuck the ball over the field. Yep. And they, they don't really have a, a stud wide receiver either. And that usually helps the tight end. Yeah. My surprise would have been um, Dalton Schultz and um, Dawson Knox. <laughs> I did not expect Dawson Knox. In fact, I think he was a waiver wire pickup, if I remember. Yeah, I think so too. I think he kind of he kind of replaced the uh, what was the Packers tight end? He got hurt this year. Why can't I think of his name? Um, they had Jay Sternberger, um, Robert Tunyon. Yeah, he basically yeah. kind of did the Robert Tunyon this year with yeah. a bunch of touchdowns, not a ton of yards. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with tight ends, I mean, you look at the total numbers, there was two really good tight ends and the rest were kind of yeah. <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> yeah, you either have a good one or you're just uh, plugging one in each week. <laughs> yeah, that, almost all the time I stream, but when I was drafting and I saw him in the six, I'm like, well, here's a guy that, he should probably be in the top five tight end regardless. So, yep. Yeah. I like it. All right. Well, let's move. Uh, we're going to skip over kicker. Let's move on to defensive tackle. Uh, we'll run through these quick. We have number one, not a shocker, Aaron Donald, Christian Wilkinson, Christian Wilkins. I mean, uh, Jeffrey Simmons, DeForest Buckner, Jonathan Allen, Javon Hargrave, Larry Ogunjobi. And then we have Quinnen Williams, De'Ron Payne and Austin Johnson. So probably a lot of shockers there, but uh, what stands out to you, Clint? I mean, this is a position, unless I have Aaron Donald, I pretty much punt on. I mean, I, I picked up Christian Wilkins. Did, did you have him earlier in the I, year? I had him earlier, but I also had Quinn and Williams, and I was struggling each. I'm like, I don't want to keep two defensive tackles. And I right. thought they were both pretty solid, but I like I like Quinn and Williams myself. Yeah. They're so up and down minus Aaron Donald. So. I will, this is pretty much a position I just stream. I mean, DeForest Buckner, it's shocking. He went fourth. Yeah. Uh, you know, 148 points. It's kind of a letdown. Um, so this is just a position I will, I really rely on snap counts. Yep. And I will look at who, like, they play the Patriots twice. Those are two big games. The Patriots just run the ball a lot. So I will stream my defensive tackle based on the run team they're playing. That is an excellent and, idea. Yep. And that's pretty much all I will do. I kept Wilkins because he occasionally will get some sacks. So um, I, I just rode with him. He was kind of hot at the end of the year getting some tackles and sacks. But outside of that, I'll just stream that position. Yep. Sometimes looking at the where the offensive line grades too can play a factor as to who you stream. Yeah. But, but definitely snap counts. That's huge. Yep. Yeah, I got the – was Armand Watts. I played him for two weeks and I forgot that Sheldon was it Sheldon Richardson came back the second week and he only played like 12 snaps and I got a big oh, yeah. like one I got a big one out of him. <laughs> totally didn't totally didn't check the injury report before the week game started. <laughs> All right. Well let's go to uh this is a this is an I love the defensive end. Let's go to defensive end. Yeah. This is my weak position, but Joey Bosa, Cam Hayward, Miles Garrett, Cam Jordan. 
Hassan Reddick, Josh Allen, Joey Bosa, Sam Hubbard, Max Crosby, and 10 is Trey Hendrickson. All right. I think Nick Bosa was number one, right? Did I say it, Joey? The Joey, yeah. Sorry. That's right. Yeah. Nick Bosa. They're both on there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which isn't surprising. <laughs> yeah. This so, I'm I'm bad at this position. <laughs> I mean, Cam Jordan ended up fourth on here, but I had him. If you look at his stats, he was pretty terrible all year. And I think he had eight sacks the last four games. Yeah. So he kind of shot up the list, but um, I have always struggled with defensive tackle. For defensive end. So, yeah. so when you talk to um, guys that are big into IDP, they a lot of times will tell you the defensive end is usually more important to get a stud defensive end, even before your linebackers, because there's so few good ones. And if you get somebody with a high sack upside, like any of the bosses, obviously Miles Garrett. Um, I think to me the biggest surprise was Cam Jordan because I had him last year and I didn't keep him. And he had a down year last year. I think with the rise of um, uh, who's the guy they drafted, they moved up to draft. Uh, they moved up to draft somebody, another defensive end opposite him. And I think that helped him out. Yeah, I I had him. I ended up trading him here at the end before our cutoff Just, yeah he's he's on the older side i don't know what the saints are going to do next year um you know yeah. maybe there'll be more ball control maybe their offense will be a little better type of thing but yeah you're right i mean it's hard to get bosa cam hayward miles garrett and if you have them just you know i think what was it dustin traded nick bosa for Miles Garrett. So yeah, <laughs> you know, that's the advantage. You can just trade them back and forth. If you yeah. Have them yeah. I was the know, Josh he, Allen owner and I, uh, I didn't, I didn't even think if he was playing, I started him. I didn't even question it. Yeah. You, some of those guys, you know, they're, they're a notch down there when you get to the lower in the top 10, but yeah, you know, they'll put up solid numbers for you. Yep. All right. Let's go to my favorite uh, defensive position here. This is linebacker. We'll do the top 10. We have TJ Watt, uh, Foisade Aluakon, Jordan Brooks, Roquan Smith, Micah Parsons, Devondre Campbell, Darius Leonard, Eric Kendricks, CJ Mosley, and Bobby Wagner. Who stood out to you this year? Well, CJ Mosley at nine, he kind of jumps off the page for me because I think he opted out with COVID the year before. So you never know what they're going to come back, but he was solid all year. Yeah. I was surprised at uh, um, your guy, Aluakon, because they already had their, um, they have Deion Jones, and they were, I think, I believe you had them both pretty much all season, right? Yep. Yeah, and they were, they were at the top almost every single week. They were pretty consistent. Yeah, I mean, when, when I saw he wasn't kept and I was going through pre-draft, I literally circled it. I would have taken him in the first round, except I saw everyone, you know, going for like the wide receivers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I hopped on the Javonta Williams train, but, you know, like when we go through this, I didn't have TJ Watt all the year, but when I was talking before about having like a pillar position, mm-hmm. I mean, if you look on this list, because I had Bobby Wagner for all but the last week. So I had linebacker two, eight, ten. And then Deion Jones was just outside at 15. Yep. Um, so, you know, those are, those are all guys that are averaging, you know, almost 15 points a week. Yeah. So 
And once you get a stranglehold on that, you know, like you were, I think you text me about trading for Bobby Wagner. I'm like, I'm only trading Bobby Wagner in a deal. And I ended up with TJ Watt. So I went up the list a little, but like any of these guys, um, I will eat my service years for my linebackers. Cause I know I can cycle through my offensive players and just reset their years. Yeah. But you know, your linebackers, I don't want to go from eight down to Jerome Baker at 25, who is good, but then I'm, I'm losing, you know, what I think is the strength of my team. Yes. Yeah. I, and linebacker is one of the most consistent scoring positions usually. Yeah. And that's why I like, I love TJ Watt. He is normally someone I wouldn't have, but I knew he was going for the sack record and there yeah. were some service years issues there. And yep. cause he's, I mean, he has 288 points, which is awesome. But when you look at his, his weeks, he'll have two, two, 40. <laughs> yeah. So he's up and down. And yeah, I think he's the only one on here. All these other guys are usually, they're not going to get you at less than eight and they'll get you around 20, you know, eight to 20. They're really consistent. Yeah. Being an outside linebacker, sometimes there's a little bit more fluctuation because they're not going after the running back as much as the middle linebacker is. Um, and TJ Watt dealed with some injuries this year too. Yeah. So that probably was some of the factor with a little bit of the inconsistency in the big weeks, certain weeks. I like it. I would agree. All right. Let's All right. go to cornerback. All right. That's me, right? <laughs> um, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So we, we start with Kenny Moore. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, Jalen Ramsey, J.C. Jackson, Desmond King, Xavier Howard, A.J. Terrell, Rasul Douglas, Anthony Brown, and Darius Slay at 10. All right. So who is the biggest surprise out of these? I, this list is full of surprises. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, Diggs is probably the obvious because he intercepted almost everything, but probably Rasul Douglas. I mean, the Packers picked him off, off like a practice squad. and. Yep. He shot up to number eight on this list. Yeah, that was my biggest surprise because he didn't start scoring until week six. And he is number eight on the list. Um, so corner is very dependent on big play, which you can't always rely on. You don't know when the interceptions are going to come. Um, so for me, when I target corners, I try to find the ones that are covering the big stud wide receivers that you know are going to get their catches like Devontae Adams. Um Tyreek Hill, or now, you know, Jamar Chase, who's going to be covering those guys? Yeah, I was, I try to find guys too that are considered good, but not great. Mm -hmm. You know, like Jalen Ramsey is on here this year um, because they, they kind of switched how they used him. But, yep. you know, if you think of in years past, he would just stay with one guy and they would just, you know, throw a decoy at him because he wouldn't follow guys around. And you're like, all right, I have Jalen Ramsey, a big name, but they're throwing at him twice. So, you know, guys like J.C. Jackson are are good corners, but teams aren't afraid to throw at him. Same with Rasul Douglas. Like, he's having a great year, but teams are obviously throwing at him. So I try to find guys in that, hey, this guy's good, but, mm -hmm. you know, they're not going to stop throwing to Devontae Adams because right. A.J. Terrell is on him, even though A.J. Terrell had a good year. They're still going to throw to Devontae Adams. <laughs> exactly. And guys like Kenny Moore and Jalen Ramsey play more in the box. They don't necessarily are oh, – a wide all the time yeah but you know cornerback another position i kind of punt on and i just rely on 
snap data and yep. you know if they're if the guy comes off the field some guys come out for like a third cornerback or a nickel cornerback they kind of rotate i just try to find guys who are on the field all the time and yep just if they're playing a team that throws it a lot like the chiefs then you just hope they throw it at that guy <laughs> yep definitely want one that plays 100 percent of snaps and if it's you know they get you know get hit and they have to go out for one play or something that's fine but you want somebody that's out there all the time very true all right let's go to safety the top 10 here we have derwin james jordan poyer kevin baird harrison smith minka fitzpatrick jalen thompson xavier woods buddha baker j ron curse and micah hyde who stands out to you i think for if i look at the list buddha baker actually surprises me because he kind of slid down this list from last year he kind of came on at the end but he really had a not a great start to the middle to the to the year they kind of used him a little different and then they went back so him falling to eight which it's not a terrible fall we're talking 20 points but you know he was up there last year he was yeah i kept him last year but they he was playing a lot more free safety and just didn't have the tackle numbers he usually has so that was disappointing um i picked up j ron curse um and then you picked him up at the very end because I dropped him because he was injured, <laughs> but uh, he, he, uh, he came on. I wasn't expecting that, but yeah, I picked him up probably just a quarter of the way through the season. Cause he looked like he was getting pretty consistent play at safety. Yeah. There's, I mean, go, even if you go past the top 10 on this list, there is a lot of surprises. It seems like a lot of teams with their safeties, they either, switched how they use them like you use the the cardinals there buddha baker but what was it jalen thompson yeah he's yep. six it's like they they flipped some of them even mike hyde made it up to 10 this year but jordan poyer kept going but it, if you go through the list some of the teams have two guys up here that they kind of like either flipped how they used them um, or used them a little different than maybe I anticipated him before, you know, like Von Bell, he's usually much higher than 20. Mm -hmm. I know he, he yep. I know he missed a couple of games, but they kind of switched how they use them for a few games. Um, and that just kind of throws you off, but it does. Yeah. I had Von Bell last year and he was really good for me. I mean, he didn't kill me this year, but <laughs> you yeah. know, I was hoping <laughs> he'd be up there, you know, in the top 10, but Jordan Poyer, you know, he saved me. Yeah. A little bit more production would have been nice. All right. So uh, before we end, I just wanted to ask you, do you have any um, ideas or suggestions to, to help other owners in the league to uh, catch on and really be competitive? What, what would you say? My first suggestion would be to work the waiver wire. Just I, as, as you see, if you go through my transactions, I will turn my roster and it's just, if I have a, a feeling about a guy, I'll keep him for a week. If I don't, you lost a couple of dollars. Um, you know, I know we carry it over, so it, it can be a benefit to carry some over, but I mean, I would rather win than have a ton of fab dollars for next year. So my first thing would be like work the waivers, you know, try to find guys, add them for a little bit. I mean, I, I think I, I was texting you the one time when I was going through my trades, I think for the guys I traded this year, I picked up and held for less than a week and then threw them into trades. Mm -hmm. So you can just throw them on your roster. Someone else might've forgot and they like them. 
Mm-hmm. So that would be my first one. Second one kind of ties in, like cycle your roster over. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, look at the the snap counts, use targets, the team around, what the team's doing, especially, you know, like safety is a big one. You can see how teams are, you know, using or not using their safety. Same with linebackers. Um, you'll see some of the snap counts change. And sometimes that's a, a foregleen of what's going to come. You can either ditch the guy or pick up the guy that's coming behind him. Next, you guys are probably annoyed with me, but trades, <laughs> you know, I just find a guy. If you like him, you know, keep your price on him. But if you're iffy, if a guy's a keeper, just try to get something from him. Just mm-hmm. move him, package him two for one. When I do trades, when I look through my trades at the end of the year, now that we're done, I will go through all my transactions, ads and drops and see what was good, what was dumb. But my trades, I try to train like a, a choo-choo train. I try to train my, my tr- trades so that I can follow where they started from. So for example, I took Jamal Adams and I turned him into Antoine Winfield. And then I turned Winfield plus a pick, which I got an extra pick from a trade from you to T Higgins. No one wanted Brandon Ayuk. I took Brandon Ayuk into Tyler Boyd. And then I took Tyler Boyd in a waiver guy for Brandon Cooks. And then I turned Hooks and, Cooks and Higgins into DK Metcalf. So I tried to train them in a direction because no one wanted to take, no one wanted to give me Brandon Cooks for just straight up Brandon Ayuk. So I just found a way around a guy that I wanted to get. So just try to find some guys you like. And I'll give you one of my secrets. Like if I go through everyone's roster and I see you're not playing a guy that I like, that's who I'm going to come after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're not starting them, then I know you might be down on this guy that I like and I'll start peppering trades to you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's set up to do that. That's what I wanted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, that way I have guys I like that I'm tied to and other guys I'm not, you know, I have them and I'll play with them. But if you, if you send me a trade from, I'll tell you right away. I don't, I don't need this guy. Mm-hmm. And lastly, I would say value some of the draft picks, mm-hmm. um, especially the middle rounds. I know everyone like loves the first round pick, which is great, mm-hmm. but you look at my, I've been in this league two years. The first year, my first round pick was Jerry Judy. <laughs> and this year it was Javante Williams, who was useful, but he wasn't Jamar Chase or, or right. Waddle. Um, but those mid round picks is where, um, and maybe in my case, the way I set up my team is guys swing one way, you'll get a bunch of run on offensive guys. And then there's a bunch of defensive guys left or everyone's going for defense because they see they got to fill it. And if you can add a couple extra picks in there around four five, six, seven, some, someone's just going to be sitting there and you're going to be like, I have no idea how Mark Andrews is there in the sixth round. It just, but it just, people slip through the cracks. So, yep. Yep. Yeah. You got to watch the value for sure. Yeah. So just, You'll see, as I said, my two positions, I hoard running back and linebacker, and then I'll just trade from excess so I can keep the guys I want. And Mm -hmm. if I have four extra linebackers and you need a linebacker, I'll give you that linebacker and a running back. And maybe I'm overpaying based on value of what you would see, but I I can't play these guys. So I would rather get something firm than cut them. Well, I appreciate you sharing your insights. (laughs) Everyone forget what I just told you when I send you a trade off. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to, we're going to wrap it up. We'll call it a night. Um, 
We just want to remind everyone that uh, I do have the draft set for Labor Day of next year. If you look on the league calendar, I believe it's still up there. The uh, the Hall of Champions has been updated. So, Clint, you will see your name right up there at the top for 2021. Uh, shout out to Jason for uh, winning the AFC. He is up there as well for being the other conference champion. Um, I will send everyone a text. Um letting them know uh, when this podcast gets uploaded. Um, thanking them. Uh, thank you all for uh, being a part of the league this year. And uh, um, I will let everyone know too, usually the league up the MFL updates after the super, like a couple of weeks after the Super Bowl. I'll let everyone know after um, the platform fee was paid for and they can log in and sync up to the new league year. So anything else you'd like to add, Clint? No, just, you know, I know you put a lot of work into it. So I think you, Dustin is co-commissioner, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I know I was a little less annoying this year, but you know, I appreciate the work that you guys put in so that this runs smoothly. And uh, it's a lot of fun, you know, just, it's a lot of work to start, but it's so much fun. Everyone is getting into it, especially at the end of the year when all those trades start flying and text messages are going back and forth. So I know that puts a lot on you, but I appreciate the, uh, the patience that you have. <laughs> well, thank you, Clint. I appreciate uh, all the effort you put into it as well. You definitely make the league better. Thank you. So with that, we'll call it a night. And uh, until next time, um, have a good uh, off season. We'll see you next year. Thanks.